Welcome to Healthcare IT Today. I'm John Lynn, together with my colleague and friend, Colin Hung. The world of technology and healthcare are ever-changing in new and novel ways, and that's why we love this stuff. So join us as we discuss the latest healthcare and health IT news, meshed together in new ways which help generate ideas and new perspectives. Plus, we'll have a little fun along the way. On today's episode, we'll be asking the question, is being a CIO harder today than 20 years ago? And be sure to follow the show on Twitter at the hashtag HITSM and our personal accounts at TechGuy and at Colin underscore Hung. Plus, check out our 15 years of health IT blog content at healthcareittoday.com. Man, uh, 20 years. What were you doing 20 years ago, Colin? <laughs> yeah. Pro- probably feeling a lot less tired. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd just gotten home from Italy from my mission and I uh, was going to college, which is crazy to think about. <laughs> yes. I, uh, yeah, this is pretty crazy to think back 20 years ago. Um, such a uh, different IT landscape even, right? Just, you know, even I think even back then computers, I mean, they, they, were, they were getting to be everywhere, but... There was no way we had the devices proliferation that we have now, right? It was just, you, you had a desktop or you didn't. Yeah. There was a question. Do you have broadband or not? Exactly. <laughs> Which is like such a quaint question now, <laughs> but it shows how far, you know, in 20 years, I've come a long way in that regard. Yeah. And I still remember like back then I was, uh, you know, working at a consulting company that was an IBM business partner when I first started 20 years ago. Uh, and I remember meeting a few CIOs of hospitals at the time because we were doing some business with them. And I got to say, compared to today, I mean, at the time, I'm sure this wasn't their belief, but compared to today, I look back at those CIOs and go, they were basically directors of application support. Like, oh. like, cause their job was pretty much like, make sure the, the uh, laboratory um, system doesn't go down. Uh, make sure that, you know, the, uh, the billing <laughs> um, you know, whatever they were using for billing at the time doesn't go down and like make sure all these computers that we have scattered around at the nursing stations, you know, they're all loaded with the latest, you know, OS, right? Like they were, they were just really just jockeying diskettes, you know, <laughs> back and forth and making sure that the wires were all connected. Yeah. I mean, it's so true. 20 years ago, you had to manage your own email, right? <laughs> yeah. I was reading an article today just about how, you know, people don't do that anymore. Exchange has finally gone off site and now it's office 365 or you use Google, you know, Google apps, you know, for enterprise, enterprise, Google apps or whatever, you know, like you don't do that anymore. But back then you were doing email, you were doing shared drives, which was like cutting edge, you know, like let's right. share documents across a shared drive. And you know, so you were doing all this plumbing, at least that's how we kind of look at it today. And so, you know, and then a lot Along with that, you had to make sure your internet worked. You had to cable everything because Wi-Fi was, you know, kind of this new idea that wasn't fully ready. And plus all these hospitals were built with like six inch thick cement walls that we didn't know how to deal with. So, you know, it's, you know, it was really a a maintenance and utility kind of operation in many respects versus uh, where we are today, which is much more strategic. Yeah, I think that's the biggest change for sure is that the CIO's role today at, at any healthcare organization is much more strategic because so much of healthcare is now digital, right? And it's dependent on the data that's held inside the EHR and the lab system and the, you know, and the microbiology system, you know, and, and all these systems that they have to manage. And, and, 
And in order to grow and scale these organizations, you need to grow and scale your systems, right? So certainly I think the CIO role has gotten much more strategic than it used to be. Because I think in the beginning, it probably was viewed as more of a, A, a cost center, <laughs> but, but B, <laughs> certainly it was more like, oh, we just have to have it, right? Yeah. Like it wasn't really, a, you know, one, a CIO didn't have a seat at the table, so to speak, um, in the executive decisions way back then. Yeah. I mean, I think about even, even just supporting like pager infrastructure, like we need to have some pagers. That's the way we communicate, you know, but it wasn't really a strategic decision in that sense. I, I don't think, but there was a lot of work supporting the pager infrastructure or, you know, even just supporting the, the computing needs, uh, 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 you know, like they probably had a PBX of some sort or some sort of phone relay system that they had to support. I mean, think about that now, how transformative has the cell phone been? <laughs> I know that many are still supporting voice over IP or other, you know, desktop phones for a lot of organizations, but the cell phone they have to deal with now too. And 20 years ago, a cell phone. You know, I remember I got my first cell phone during the 2002 Winter Olympics. They gave me one as a volunteer to be able to support one of the IOC members. So it's like 20 years ago, you know, we definitely didn't have the iPhone, let alone cell phone infrastructure in general. So, you know, there, there was a, I think that's been a massive shift in mindset of what a CIO needs to support technology wise. Well, that, for sure. I mean, and, and let's just not forget all the uh, external things that are happening, right? The, the new cyber threats and things yeah. that were just sort of yeah, a pipe, you know, weren't, weren't even, you know, hacking back then was you had to physically be on site, right? Like, and, and you know, and, and you know, the, the biggest issues you had was whether a mouse was going to chew through the Cat5 cable, you know, in the basement, <laughs> right? Versus people ha- tapping the, the Wi-Fi networks. But so just the complexity um, of systems in, at healthcare has gotten so much um, you know, more complex because back then, 20 years ago, you know, we were in, a, in an era of monolithic systems, right? We had the big IBM systems of the world, big, the big Siemens systems at the time that we were running in, in various industries. And so the, the approach, I think, in healthcare back then was, hey, we would just implement a giant monolithic system. I don't even know what that would have been back then because the <laughs> HRs didn't exist, right? Like, yeah, it was just it was a pipe business, dream. right? It was yeah, more exactly. business than clinical. <laughs> so but I think back then it was, it, you know, you didn't have as many vendors, you didn't have as many threats. And so that alone has changed the perspective that a CIO has to have. Not only do they have to have the technology perspective, but they all now have to have the clinical and the business perspective. So to me, that's also kind of, it speaks to the strategy bit, but also just to perspectives. They've had to expand their perspective in order to be a CIO. Yeah. Your security comment was funny because I had a buddy in college who in high school put on his sport coat and he walked into a, uh, a healthcare organization, actually here in Vegas, of all places where I now live, which is ironic. Uh, and he walked in and he said, oh, I'm the IT support person. And they said, oh, okay, sure, here you go. And he hopped on the computer. He plugged in a device, put a, a, a basically a back door for him to get in. He said, thank you. See you later. And they didn't ask any questions. <laughs> you know, he had the sport code. He looked official and they, you know, and they just hacked up their whole system, you know. And it was crazy that you're right, though. He had to physically be there to kind of get that back door in. So, man, that's changed a lot. <laughs> well, and and just on that, on that note, I think that's the other thing, John. And I wonder what your comment would be on this. But, you know, just the, the number of technologies that are now available in healthcare, you know, specially built apps for yeah. this and that and, 
you know, all the different workflow tools that people have and, you know, the third party connections that you need to have. There's no, there's no way now that a CIO can know it all. I think back in the day when 20 years ago, you probably knew you could be a jack of all trades and know enough about networking and systems and OSs and paging and that you could, you, you knew it, right? Like you, you were the fountain of knowledge. I think that's just sort of, that's mission impossible today. You cannot possibly know a little bit about everything. You need people who specialize, right? You need the cybersecurity expert and you may know a little bit about cybersecurity enough to ask the question, but you got to depend on people who are highly specialized on your team or vent or consultants. And that to me is a, another big change or a big impact that technology has had on this role. You can't know it all now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's just thousands of systems now. And I, I think that it's not just the number, but it's also the depth of usage. I mean, if you had an outage 20 years ago, people would be annoyed, right? Like they, they wouldn't like it and they'd be like, wait, I can't check my email or whatever, but it wouldn't really stop the flow of patients that much, right? And, you know, it might be a little slower check-in and different things, right? But now when the EHR goes down, when the lab system goes down, it's like stuff just grinds to a halt. And, you know, so the impact of those systems is so much more integrated into the clinical experience and the patient flow that it's so much more of a priority. Uh, and you're right. I mean, I think your point's a great one that they can't be jack of all trades. You have to trust not only your people, but also your vendors. Because in many cases, these are outsourced cloud hosted solutions. And so you need to trust that your vendor is going to keep it up and it's going to be functional and the upgrade's not going to you know, hurt your organization because the, your users can't use it because of some upgrade that went wrong and all that. So I think it's just a very different mindset. And what's interesting is many CIOs haven't changed that mindset fully. And I think that's problematic for those CIOs. Yeah, it's definitely a challenge, right? Because I, I think we still do have that myth that the CIO should be this technical wizard, right? Mm -hmm. And know everything about every system that's running. And I think, I just think that is unrealistic for large organizations. It might be possible for a single practice, right? But a group of, a group practice, even I think the, the, that those days are long gone. And so but you're right. I think, you know, I think maybe CIOs maybe have started to change some of their mindsets. I definitely think that the rest of the C-suite still has to go through that process of changing their mindsets that the CIO mm -hmm. no longer is that person, um, but rather the conduit, you know, for those experts and for that expertise that's maybe on their team. And we even see that in the titles that CIOs are taking, uh, you know, many times they're doing CIO versus CTO and the CTO does more of the technical and the plumbing and the internet and, you know, all of those things. Right. And the CIO is, is creates a more strategic role, but then we see people saying, Oh, I don't want to be known as the CIO because there is that kind of, you know, legacy relationship with the term CIO that says, oh yeah, you're just the internet guy and make sure my email works, right? <laughs> and so many of them are embracing stuff like chief digital officer, or, you know, many of right. them also take the title of, of chief information officer from the perspective of more of a CMIO type of role to say, hey, I'm over the information and making sure that that information is useful to the organization from a business perspective. So, you know, it's coming at it from a very different angle than just the CIO is in charge of technology. Yeah. And let's not forget, you know, 
we were talking right before recording this that there's also the whole angle of regulation, right? Like back back in the day, regulating IT was sort of a foreign concept. Now, you know, you've got a you've got info blocking. You you had meaningful use a few years ago. I mean, there's all these, and every state has got different reporting requirements for different metrics and things that you have to send to different places. So, just the requirements on on that side is a full-time job, right? And, and having now the CIO or that role be responsible for it is just another layer of burden for, 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 for CIOs today that wasn't around 20 years ago. Yeah, what's crazy to think about is I bet if we would have talked to any CIO 20 years ago, they would have said something very similar, which is healthcare is a really regulated industry, right? <laughs> like, sure. you know, because med devices were very regulated and, you know, the, the healthcare organizations themselves have regulations about who can see a patient, all these, you know. So I think they probably would have said the exact same phrase, which is healthcare is extremely regulated. But if they only could see what was going to happen 20 years <laughs> later with, uh, you know, information blocking and with, you know, the meaningful use become macro becomes, you know, interoperability, you know, like all of those regulations and then even changes to HIPAA, right? <laughs> you know, uh, let alone ICD-10, which I'm sure they could see on the horizon, you know, as far as changing those codes. But it's like, man, it's we've just had an explosion of regulations, which I think makes the job of a CIO difficult. And most of them that I talk to say, yeah, I actually don't think about it. I have some other people who do that because there's just so much involved with it. Hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Healthcare IT Today with John Lin and Colin Hung. We're talking about healthcare IT leadership today and specifically zeroing in on the role of the CIO. John, I got to ask this question because you've been at this longer than I have, and you're able to see sort of the vendor side and the CIO side, but how has the relationship between CIOs and vendors changed over the years? Yeah, I mean, if you think about what they provided, right, the context we just provided, you know, if, if you're providing a bunch of switches for your internet or routers or even servers for email, you know, you, you, you just provide it and then they did the work, right? I mean, sure, there's some training and configuration and, and things like that, but because it's not strategic to the organization, yeah, you know, if you didn't really care as much, right? And they were kind of commodity services that, you know, you could go to any Cisco training and understand how to configure the switches. And it was true across every organization, you know, even non-healthcare. And so there was a lot of sharing and learning and you, you kind of did it on your own. Well, today that's not true, right? Like if you're working with an EHR vendor, your EHR vendor is going to determine your success going forward. In many ways, the vendors you choose are your innovation roadmap. And so if you choose vendors that aren't very innovative and that aren't investing in new changes, well, then you as CIO are going to be, are you going to look bad because your, your EHR isn't making you look good <laughs> through those innovations. And of course, managing those innovations and stuff is an important challenge as well, but they depend on the vendors to have their back, whether it's in security as well, uh, you know, and the risks associated with that, or whether it's in the innovations that that vendor is going to offer and provide to the organization. Yeah, I, th I think, 
you know, we've evolved from contract management, which was maybe something that was, mm. you know, 10 years ago where that, that's really all you had to do was, you know, was the vendor living up to the contract? Am I getting the services or the equipment that I need on time on, but, you know, at the prices yeah. that I was expecting, but now you're right. Along with the role itself becoming more strategic internally, I think the role of the CIO and the relationship with vendors has also become more strategic. Like you need to know the roadmap of where these vendors are going and does that match your own? Right. Um, you know, you need to, 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 as you said, rely on these vendors a lot of times for training uh, and implementation yeah, because you're, you don't have the staff to do it. So these are things that I think before, as you said, when you were dealing with commodity type elements, it was pretty much the same, no matter who you go to. But now that is not true, right? Do you go directly to the vendor? Do you go with one of their partners to be your implementation partner? Is that going to be a better choice? And these choices have big strategic implications and sometimes financial implications for uh, healthcare organizations. So much more uh, uh, thought, I think, has to be put into that relationship that you're about to forge with a vendor. Yeah, I mean, the training one's a really great point. I was thinking of our HITMIC healthcare marketing customer panel we just had and how they talked about if you want a vendor to be successful with an organization and make a sell to an organization, they need to provide a simple roadmap for them to onboard and train their staff and do that. So it's interesting how that's become part of the sales process in many ways is do I trust you to implement this in, in, in a quick and effective way that will integrate with the current workflows that my organization already has. So yeah, I mean, I think that's become really interesting, and and you know, we even had David Chow point out in the in the event that, hey, this stuff really matters. I need a partner that I trust because if I don't trust them, I could lose my job. <laughs> and I thought it was just such a stark uh, example of what it is. Whereas if Cisco didn't implement, and I shouldn't keep using Cisco, but <laughs> they actually had a great networking product. But if they didn't, you know, uh, you know, you'd have a problem. You'd have some contract issues, right? Maybe you switch to someone else. But you know, the CIO doesn't lose his job over that, probably. But today, they probably would. Yeah, and I, th I think even if sort of take that and kind of that's on one side is, you know, your job could be in jeopardy, but on the other side, you know, one of the new things I wonder if CIOs think about is, do they see themselves as sort of a lobbyist uh, or an advocate for their organization to the vendor? Um, and so that way they can get, you know, the, the features that they need in there faster. They can get the more attention. They can get a little bit more from the vendor relationship. Like I look at people like David Chow, I look at, Drex, uh, when he was a CIO, and I look at uh, people like Rasu, they have forged such strong relationships with their vendors that their vendors are using them as sounding boards and as, yeah. you know, they're collaborating with them on new things. And, and to me, that's a sign of, okay, well, A, you probably should be doing that because then you're going to get the innovations first, but you have to have, you got to invest time in those relationships. And Clearly, these folks see their job, part of their job is doing this. Uh, I wonder if more CIOs are going to be pushed into that role going forward, right? In terms of, you know, being that, you know, being the epic advocate or the epic ambassador for the, yeah. for the companies in order to bring the, the issues forward. 
I think the challenge is bandwidth. There's only so many hours in a day. You can, you can't do it with all 6,000 vendors you have or however many hundreds or thousands you have, depending on the size of your organization. So I, I think people are being very strategic. I mean, we're going to see now with remote patient monitoring, a lot of that same effort where they say, hey, this is an important thing that we need to be focusing on. So, hey, let's invest more time. Let's get some of our people because we need to understand this domain space and we have a perspective. The vendors have tools and, and perspectives as well. And let's come together to, to improve it. So I, I think that's definitely going to happen. Yeah, I think, that, go ahead. Sorry, and I was just going to say that, that to me is a key message, what you just said there, you know, to vendors, right? It's, you know, part of your job as a vendor is to make that CIO look good, right? To give, you know, him or her that quick win. And, you know, and you can do that by baking that into your implementation process, but I'm pretty sure that's not a consideration for most people, hmm. right? So, you know, I think that's a really interesting nugget if you're a vendor uh, listening to this is to think, yeah, like, hey, if I can make this person look good, that's just going to help me uh, be stickier inside this organization. Yeah. And I, I think that that is an evolution as well for many CIOs is how much they've become a, a vendor relationship management uh, leader. Uh, yeah, I think they always had that to some extent, right? But that relationship has become so important that, you know, they really had to get in that business. I think there is something interesting that hasn't changed for a CIO though. And so, you know, for me at the core is people you know, and being able to manage people, being able to trust people, especially at the scale of these organizations, I guess it might've changed because the size and scale of, of these health systems as they've acquired each other and, you know, kind of merged into these behemoths in many cases, I think that, you know, has the size and scale of it has changed, but the importance of creating relationships with your people and finding the right people, getting the right people on the bus as the, you know, common phrases. I think that's never been more important than it is today, but I think it's always been important to have the right people on the bus and to cultivate and, and have people you trust because you can't do everything. You, you know, you're dependent on your people for your success as well. Yeah, I agree. I think that's something that definitely has not changed. I mean, it's grown in scope and maybe in grown in yeah. size as the team has grown um, for sure. Another thing for me is I think, you know, IT in, uh, in healthcare has always been an enabler for healthcare. It's never been the product, right? The product mm. is not the technology. And so CIOs have always had to know how to work with the clinical side, the operations side of the house. And so I think that has not changed either. You, they do have to listen to and hear what the CNO is saying, the, the CMO is saying, and kind of go, okay, that's what you want to achieve. Maybe I can go back and look for some technology or a different way to use existing technology to achieve what you need. I think that part of the job has been the same. Again, it's gotten more complicated. Sure. <laughs> and there's way more demands now than there ever were. But that aspect of the CIO's role, I think, has not changed. Yeah, in many ways, it's nicer, though. I, I kind of think of these woodworking shows, you know, I don't know if you watch on PBS or whatnot, <laughs> you know, you see those woodworking shows and you see them pull out this tool that you're like, 
this is the tool I use to cut this out in the perfect way. And you're like, oh yeah, that would be way easier with that tool than my, my hacksaw that that's the only tool I have. Right. And so, you know, like you watch those and you realize, oh, if you have the right tool, this stuff is way easier and you can do it much better. And I think, you know, using that comparison, the CIO now has a much better tool belt, right? (laughs) They're a man cave, right? (laughs) Or or woman cave that has a lot more tools available to them that they can offer to their clinicians and their clinical staff. You know, I, I think it is a great point that they're not going to do it alone. Uh, you know, our friend Drex said that to me one time. He said, yeah, you know, it's really hard for me to push an initiative as CIO. It's much easier if they come to me. And I, I think that's, you know, somewhat to the point is that it takes the clinical staff, it cl- takes a diverse team, the nursing staff to be involved in the process of transformation and technology will enable that it enables so many things that you know 20 years ago we couldn't have even thought about doing it wasn't even like how would we even start in many of these cases but so you know i think the tools are better but it still takes that collaborative team otherwise any one of them could hijack the effort for sure for sure and you know i guess that's sort of i take comfort in that right like as much as we talk about technology changing there's some aspects of the role of the CIO that have remained the same, right? And that's, again, I, I like, I, I, I find that comforting, right? Like that some of the basic tenets of being a CIO have been the same through all, through all of these years. Um, I, I wonder though, if we went back and interviewed some of these older CIOs and they sort of looked at what the CIO role now is, whether they would still take the job. I mean, that would be an interesting, <laughs> that would be an interesting question to ask some of these folks. We'll add that to our CIO podcast. Uh, there you go, you I, should I, have to ask that. <laughs> I think one thing that hasn't changed probably is politics, right? I mean, people are still people and, you know, and, and navigating the politics of situations, it maybe got more complex and there's more hands in the cookie jar, if you will, <laughs> yeah, because there's been an explosion of administrators. You know, I feel like we need to put up that image of the explosion of administrators versus doctors but you know the the politics has always been there i think for most organizations and you know you've had to navigate those yeah and i think one last thing i'll throw in is uh, you know i'm pretty sure um you never have enough budget i think that's the same problem <laughs> i think that's the same problem 20 years ago as is now right the cio never has enough no. budget <laughs> uh, yeah that's true that's, that's that's i think that's true for a lot of roles not just the cio <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thanks to all of you who tuned into this episode of Healthcare IT Today. Find out more details about our show by checking out the programs page on healthcarenowradio.com. And please share your voice and engage with the community at healthcareittoday.com and on Twitter using the hashtag HITS. I'm Colin Hung, my friend and health IT collaborator, John Lynn. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.